Now, see, there is a movie coming out right now, right now, based on a true story. Spike Lee, big stars, all that. But this Stab Judgment special that you're listening to right now, it's not based on a true story. No, Snappers, no. This is the true story. Strap in a very special snap. The story behind the story. Behind the story. We're calling it The Black Klansman. And I can't wait for you to find out why. But fair warning. This piece does reference words for minorities that one should never use. Kids, even if these terms are used at the highest level of government, it is still not cool. All right? Snap judgment. I'm not a uniform type of guy. Some guys love the spit and polish of a uniform. I loved wearing the uniform when I did, and I wore it very proudly. It's just that my motivation was to be an undercover cop. Back in those days, I went to the discos a lot, mixing and mingling with the public, and, and yet I was a cop. I love the fact that I could walk around in public wearing a big afro, wearing platform shoes, wearing my tight pants, uh, John Travolta style in Saturday Night Fever. Setting, mid-70s Colorado Springs Police Department, and Ron Stallworth is the youngest detective and the first black detective in the history of a station. One time I was undercover buying cocaine. We were talking and whatnot, and I asked him, don't you ever get nervous selling this stuff, you know? He said, I can always tell when I'm selling to a cop. I said, how can you tell that? He said, by the way they smell. How do you know I'm not a cop? He said, yeah, you don't smell like a cop. If you were a cop, I'd kill you right now. Well, thank God I'm not a cop. We both sat in the car, and we chuckled, and, you know, we went our separate ways. About a week later, I bought some more cocaine off of him. And a week after that, I bought some more, and then we busted him. And as we busted him, I walked up to him, and he said, you mother, and I said, yeah, you didn't smell this one. See, Ron is I gotta have the last word kind of guy. His motto is the criminal should never get the last word. And after two years in the narcotics department, they moved Ron to vice and intelligence. On one particular day, I noticed a a newspaper ad in the classified sections that said Ku Klux Klan for information, and then there was a P.O. box. So I answered the P.O. box uh, with a letter. I wrote a letter pretending to be a white racist, and I basically said that I hated all, uh, and I, I used the actual terms, that I hated nigger spicks, Jews, chinks, wops. I hate the fact that they are taking over our country and I wanted to be part of a group that was stood up for uh, the rights of uh, white Americans. I thought, if anything, I would get a, uh, a leaflet, a flyer in the mail, but not a, uh, any response beyond that. I signed Ron Stallworth, and then I put it, uh, this letter in an envelope and mailed it off and uh, forgot about it. Approximately a uh, week to 10 days, and I get a phone call on my undercover phone line from Ken, the local organizer for the new chapter of the KKK. When I answered the phone, I was surprised to hear him uh, ask to speak to Ron Stallworth. That's when I realized uh, that I had made a 
mistake by signing that letter with my real name. Why did I do that? The only answer I can offer is that I wasn't thinking. I, I had a brain cramp that particular day. But I quickly regrouped by telling him that I wanted to join the KKK uh, because I wanted to retake our country. And then I added a little spice to it by telling him that my sister had uh, recently been dating a... Uh, and every time he put his filthy black hands on her pure white body, it made my skin crawl. I wanted to do something that put a stop to this race mixing. And when I said that, his response to me was, you're just the kind of guy we want. When can we meet? Obviously, I couldn't meet with him because, uh, my, quite frankly, my beautiful ebony skin. So I give him my physical description, minus skin color, my height, my weight. The description I actually gave him was, in fact, mine, but it also matched uh, one of the white detectives in the uh, narcotics division who uh, was a good friend of mine, and he went by the name of Chuck. After the phone call, Ron recruits Chuck, a.k.a. White Ron Stallworth, to attend the Klansman meeting he was just invited to. They had a chance to send in an undercover mole. Although there's one thing to note, tonally, Ron and Chuck sound completely different. Not like a black guy and a white guy, but like two different guys. But the undercover plan, it's already in motion. So they just hope for the best when it comes time for White Ron Stallworth to meet Ken, the local head of the KKK. It turned out Ken and uh, most of the Klan members were soldiers stationed at Fort Carson, Colorado. They were meeting at a bar called the Corner Pocket Lounge. He drove there. We followed him there. In preparation for this meeting, I strapped on a wireless transmitter to Chuck's body. The meeting goes very well. The Klansmen, they really like Chuck. Surprisingly, there was no indication on the part of Ken that my voice and Chuck's voice were different. They give Chuck some Klan newspapers, invite him to cross burnings, and they show him their guns that they're carrying illegally. The Klan chapter's also all riled up for a big upcoming event. David Duke, the Grand Wizard, was planning on coming to Colorado Springs to recruit new members. Uh, it was a very big deal for a Grand Wizard to come uh, visit a local community. To put it into context, picture President Obama coming to Colorado Springs to hold a rally. For Klan members, that's how big a deal it is. One of the things they wanted to do to honor him and to send a message out to the local communities, they wanted to get 100 Klansmen in their white robes marching down Colorado Springs. White Ron Stallworth attends the meeting for about an hour, and after he returns, the real Ron Stallworth has some questions for Ken, the local head of the KKK. So Ron calls Ken up. And he said, what's the matter with you? You sound different. And I coughed for a couple of seconds and, <coughs> oh, Ken, I have a sinus infection. <laughs> and he said, oh, I get those all the time. Here's what you need to do to take care of that. Over the next few months, Black Ron Stallworth earns respect and rapport of the Grand Wizard, David Duke, and Grand Dragon, Fred Wilkins. He's a dedicated Klan member, of course. His work is all over the phone. And while Black Ron Stallworth is pulling the strings, White Ron Stallworth attends the meetings. Together, they stop about three illegal cross burnings. 
But still, up ahead, there's a Grand Dragon's visit and the robe march. When that day finally arrives, the police department is taxed. Every available officer is working the streets, along with the white Ron Stallworth going undercover. On that morning, of, uh, I got called into the police chief's office and basically was told that I was going to be assigned to be uh, David Duke's bodyguard. The police department had been getting death threats against David Duke, and the chief said he didn't want anything happening to David Duke as long as he was in Colorado Springs. I protested against the chief's order. The chief said he understood that, but he was willing to risk it for the sake of keeping David Duke alive, and we were were short of manpower. And I was the only one available. Well, I protested, but he insisted on uh, ailing it happening, and I saluted, said yes, sir, and obeyed his order. David Duke's first stop that day is lunch at a steakhouse. So Ron heads over, and this is what's about to go down. Inside the restaurant, Ron is going to be protecting the national leader of the KKK, the state leader of the KKK, the local leader of the KKK, all of whom he had weekly contact with over the phone. Chuck, the undercover white Ron Stallworth, is also there, among all the other Klan members. Chuck did not know I was coming and was surprised to see me when I finally got there. And I gave him a nonverbal signal that everything was okay and uh, proceeded to introduce myself to David Duke. They were curious as to why I was there. I just introduced myself as a detective from the police department and that we had received death threats against Mr. Duke. And I told him, I do not believe in your political or ideological philosophy, but I am a professional. And as long as you're in my town, I will do everything within my means to keep you safe. He thanked me. I shook their hands. They were all smiles because he was being recognized as a man of importance. Once I realized that uh, they didn't recognize my voice, I started having fun playing with him. I had a Polaroid camera with me, and I gave the camera to Chuck, the white Ron Stallworth. And I said, Mr. Duke, nobody will believe me if I tell them that I was your bodyguard. Would you mind taking a picture with me? He said, no, not at all. So again, I gave the camera to Chuck, and I stood beside David Duke on my right, and then I asked the Grand Dragon, if he would get in the picture with me and stand on my left. And he said, sure. Then I put my arm on both of their shoulders and Duke pushed my arm away from him. He said, I'm sorry, but I can't appear in a photo with you like that. I can only speculate that he didn't want it to be seen in public where a black man had his arm around him looking like uh, they were chummy chummy. So I said, "I I understand, Mr. Duke. I said, excuse me for a second. And then I walked over to Chuck and pretended like there was something that I needed to discuss with him regarding the operation of the camera. And I whispered to Chuck, on the count of three, snap the photo. And then I went back and I stood between the two of them, the Grand Dragon on my left and David Duke, the Grand uh, Wizard on my right. I stood between the two of them with my hands down by my uh, waist area. And I said, one, two, and on the count of three, I raised my arm and put them back on the shoulders of the two men. And on the count of three, Chuck snapped the photo. When Chuck snapped the photo, 
David Duke bolted away from me towards Chuck and tried to grab the camera out of Chuck's hand. I was a split second faster than Duke. I actually grabbed the camera from my Chuck. Duke tried to snatch the camera out of my hand. And when he tried to snatch it out of my hand, I told Duke, if you touch me, I will arrest you for assault on a police officer and I'll throw you in jail and that's worth five years in prison. Don't do it. Duke looked at me and gave me the most intense, hardest, filthiest look you could possibly imagine. All of the smiles that had been in the room before stopped. And everybody stared at me with intense look of hatred on their face. It seemed like forever, but it probably was only no more than maybe five, six seconds. And then he backed off. Because at that precise moment, I was their worst nightmare. I was a with a gun, a with a badge and a gun. And fortunately for him, he backed off. And for the rest of his stay in Colorado Springs, he didn't say one word to me. Believe it or not, I called David Duke up three days after this event happened and spoke to him on the phone and asked him how he liked Colorado Springs and, well, did anything unusual happen? He said, oh, I had an encounter with this cop. I said, really, what happened? Yeah. Big thanks to the one and only Ron Stallworth for sharing his story with Snap Judgment. Ron, you are welcome to the Washington household anytime for Thanksgiving dinner. Just let me know. The movie, Black Klansman, inspired by Ron and directed by Spike Lee, is in theaters or video screens everywhere right now. The original score for this piece was written and performed by Davy Kim. The story was produced by none other than Davy Triple Threat Kim. <laughs> 